Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, we'll explore our world gone wicked. We're going to look at what the Bible says about these important days, days that were past and days that are coming because Jesus said the days that are coming are going to be just like the days of Noah that have passed. And I believe that these are important days to study because as the people of that day were coming up on judgment and they didn't even realize it, I think the people of our day were coming up on judgment and many people don't even realize it. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, For the coming of the Son of Man will be like the days of Noah. Have you ever wondered what those days were really like? Days that preceded a worldwide flood? This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. And as he said, we're starting an eye-opening series today explaining the significance of the days of Noah. The significance for you and me today. As most people can see, we're moving in Noah's direction as a society again. Now, Pastor, before you start the first message of this series today, many are probably aware of the old Hollywood movie about Noah that came out a number of years ago, and it generated a lot of interest and talk about this Bible story. Did you see this movie? To be uh, totally honest with you, I I saw the trailers. I listened to uh, people talk about the movie. I read about the movie. I did not see the movie. The director of the movie Noah was boasting and bragging about the fact that this was going to be the most unbiblical, biblical story that ever came on the silver screen. And because he was so excited about that to make sure that it was nothing like the biblical account other than you had a big ark and you had a flood coming, I didn't I didn't want to support that with my money. So I haven't seen the movie. I've just heard about it, read about it, and uh, watched the trailers for it. Well, there seems to be more and more faith-based movies coming out, and, and some seem to really be getting a lot of major attention. The Chosen has been a critically acclaimed movie. Really, it's a series that is streamed and gotten a lot of positive attention. Are you positive about that kind of trend? I'm very positive about it, and I think it's exciting that we're having lots of uh, faith-based movies come out. I think it's a a travesty when when Hollywood goes all in to put on a movie like Noah uh, and spends you know two hundred million dollars plus, and then they deviate from the scripture so greatly. Uh, Christians will support a well done biblical movie. Well, that is the key: being true to the infallible Word of God. And I know you will be in the series called The Days of Noah. Remember now, if you can't be with us for each message each day right here, you can listen again once it's aired by going to fromhisheart.org. And we begin today with a message that pulls no punches. Open your Bible to the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve with part one of the lesson entitled, A World Gone Wicked. Jesus said, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. 
just as it was back in the days of Noah, when Jesus was talking about the future, he said, hey, you know what it's gonna be like? The future guys in Matthew 24, it's gonna be just like it was back in the days of Noah. History is just going to repeat itself. We're starting a new series today called The Days of Noah. And we're gonna look at what the Bible says about these important days, days that were past and days that are coming because Jesus said that they're going to be, the days that are coming are gonna be just like the days of Noah that have passed. So in this series, we're gonna look and see what does the Bible say about the days of Noah. Obviously, we know from scripture that the days of Noah were days of judgment, and God destroyed the world with a flood. 40 days and 40 nights of intense rain that flooded everything and blotted out man and beast and anything that breathed, creeping things and birds, anything that breathed from the earth was blotted out during the days of Noah. They were days of judgment. And I believe that these are important days to study because as it was, so shall it be. And as the people of that day were coming up on judgment and they didn't even realize it, I think the people of our day were coming up on judgment and many people don't even realize it. It was some decades ago that Ruth Bell Graham, Billy Graham's wife, who's in heaven now, she died in 2007. But it was in the late 60s, early 70s when she told Billy these words, if God doesn't judge America, I think he's going to have to issue an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. That was decades ago when she said that. How much closer are we to judgment? So this study is going to be a word of warning. It's going to be a word of wake up because so many of us have fallen asleep in compromise and mediocrity in our Christian lives. And it's an opportunity for us to get right with God while there's still time. So today we want to look at this subject, a world gone wicked. Hey, what do we learn from scripture about the days of Noah? If you have your Bible, please turn to Genesis chapter six. You're gonna get so much more out of today if you will follow along in your Bible. There's a Bible in the, in the pew in front of you if you don't have a Bible with you. The scriptures will be on the screens, but we're going to go refer back to them several times. So it would just be helpful if you had an open Bible in your lap. Genesis chapter six, I'll begin reading in verse one. Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals, to creeping things, and to the birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. 
What do we learn from scripture about the days of Noah? Three discoveries I want you to notice with me. Discovery number one, the devil is hard at work. Hard at work during the days of Noah. Now the book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. It's the book of origins. And when we read in Genesis, we read about the creation story. We read how God spoke and it came into being. Six days of creation. Well, we have that in Genesis chapter one. We have everything is being created. And in Genesis chapter two, we zero in on day six of creation. And God is telling us about creating man. Adam was created first, and then Eve was created to be Adam's helper, to be the one suitable to him, to be the one that, that could come alongside him, help him, and be fruitful and multiply with him. It's a wonderful experience. They're in the Garden of Eden. They're there together. They're married. They're experiencing the love of God. There is no shame. There is nothing to cover up. Life is wonderful. But then Genesis chapter 3 we are introduced to the serpent. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And in chapter three, we have the fall of man. And the serpent deceives Eve, and Eve eats of the forbidden fruit. And she gives some to Adam, and Adam eats of the forbidden fruit. And their eyes were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together. And then when God comes down in the cool of the day to walk with them, what are they doing? They're hiding from the presence of God. They were, in chapter 2, naked and not ashamed, and now they're covered up, and they're afraid, and they're ashamed, and they're hiding. And God pronounces judgment. He finds out... Uh, not finds out for information. God knows everything, but he asked them, did you eat of the tree? I told you not to eat of. And so then they tell him what's going on. And the serpent deceived me. Eve tells God, and then God pronounces judgment upon the serpent. And in God's pronouncement of judgment upon the serpent, something very interesting, God promises a savior. After the fall, God promises a savior. Genesis Chapter three, verse 15, in the Good News Bible, the Lord says this, I will make you and the woman hate each other. He's speaking to the devil, the serpent. I will make you and the woman hate each other. Her offspring and yours will always be enemies. Her offspring will crush your head and you will bite her offspring's heel. Now, Bible scholars tend to all agree that that is a veiled reference to the Savior that's coming. It literally says not the offspring of the woman, but the seed of the woman. And the woman doesn't have a seed. The woman has an egg. The man has a seed. But God talks about the seed of the woman, speaking of the virgin birth of his son. And here's the thing. There's going to come forth from Eve a savior. And he, the, the serpent, is going to strike him on the heel. And the serpent did that to Jesus on the cross. But Jesus is going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. And he's going to crush the serpent's head. And that's happened. That happened when he rose from the dead. And so in Genesis chapter three, right after the fall, God promises a savior. And the Bible is really a story of sin and a story of redemption. And so in Genesis three, you have sin and you have the promised redeemer. Well, the devil heard the curse. He heard what God said. He heard Genesis 3.15. There's going to come an offspring of the woman, the seed of the woman. He didn't understand it all. And there's no way. But he knew 
that, hey, something's going to happen. There's going to be a child from this woman that is going to crush my head. So I need to get after that child. And that's what you have. God gives a promise after the fall and the devil works after the fall to thwart the promise. He wants to thwart God's promise. Why? Because if he can thwart the promise of God, then God becomes a promise breaker. If God becomes a promise breaker, what do we call people who break promises? Liars. If God becomes a liar, then God becomes a sinner. And if God becomes a sinner, God can't be God anymore. He can't be holy God because now he'd be tainted with sin and God would topple from his throne of holiness and the devil would win and heaven would shut down. See, the devil is at work here. And what do we find in Genesis chapter four? Right off the bat, he goes after the offspring of Eve. And Cain, the oldest son, kills Abel, the other son, because of jealousy, because of anger, because God didn't accept his sacrifice. And so what does the devil say? He said, okay, well, the, the, who's ever coming, this offspring of woman, it can't be Cain because Cain is a murderer now. And it can't be Abel because Abel's dead. And so he's working to try and destroy the promise. And then the Bible talks about what goes on in the offspring of Cain. Cain is a picture of an ungodly man, and he has ungodly children. And it gives us a little bit of a picture of what was going on in life at this time. And then we hit chapter 5. Chapter 5 talks about the godly line of Seth, Adam's other son, Seth. And Adam had many sons and daughters, but it pinpoints uh, different ones. And then we hit Genesis chapter 6. And Genesis chapter 6 is a very, very confusing passage of Scripture, very interesting passage of Scripture. I want you to look at it again. Now, it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. What is this talking about? Because then it goes on to talk about the Nephilim, and Nephilim, another word for that is giants. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. The three main interpretations of that passage, these sons of God. Some say that, well, all the scripture is talking about here in Genesis chapter six is that the godly line of Seth the son of Adam, they got commingled and cohabitated with the ungodly line of Cain and Cain's ungodly daughters mixed with, with Seth's godly line and they polluted the race that way and, and everything just went south. That's, that's one interpretation. That's what they say, the sons of God, sons of God, daughters of men. But the Bible, when it uses the term sons of God, it uses it only in the book of Job, three times in the book of Job, every time it uses the reference, the sons of God, it refers to angelic beings. The sons of God came to appear before the Lord, it says in the book of Job, and Satan also appeared with them. It refers to angels. And God says, hey, Job, where were you when the sons of God were shouting for joy uh, upon creation? Where were you? Uh, it refers to angels. So this is not, I don't believe, talking about the godly line of Seth with the ungodly line of Cain coming together. I think this is talking about angelic beings. And somehow, angelic beings began to go after women. Now, there are two schools of thought on angels going after women. 
In the book of 2 Peter and in the book of Jude, the scripture talks about what happened here in Genesis chapter 6. It talks about how angels left their proper abode and they stepped out of bounds and they went after, as Jude says, strange flesh. He, he likens it to Sodom and Gomorrah where men went after strange flesh. Men went after gross immorality. Men went after men in Sodom. And he says the same way. Angels went after that which is unnatural and they went after, after women. And some say, well, this is, this is how the devil is working. Somehow demons are coming and now they're going after women and they're having children with these women and they're producing some kind of hybrid race, half demon, half human. Well, if that's the case, and they say that's what the Nephilim are, they're the giants, they're the mighty men, they're half demon, half human. Well, if that is true, well, one thing is for certain, the Messiah can't come from that race because that's a polluted race. Now, I don't think that these are half demon, half human. You know why? Because it says that they're men. Verse three, then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to him. These were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. It's not some new breed of cat. It's not some, these are the mighty demon men. There's no such race as demon men. And there's nothing in the Bible that indicates that angels can procreate. Angels are created beings. Boom, they were created. God made a zillion of those angels, but they don't, they don't, they're not like Adam and Eve where they be fruitful and multiply. Angels, they're not fruitful and they don't multiply. So this is what I think the Nephilim were. This is what I think that God is talking about. I think he's talking about angels, demons, fallen angels. The Nephilim, that word means to fall. These are fallen creatures. It's translated giants because they were mighty, but they, they were fallen ones. And I think that angels, men opened their lives up to, to these fallen angels, to these demons, and they were empowered by these demons, and they went after these women who were eyes wide open, knew what this was going on, and they wanted to have some kind of unholy triangle between man, woman, and the devil. And they got together because they, they believed the lie that the devil shared in Genesis chapter three. You follow me and you will be like God. And so we're going to have these, you're going to have super children because they're going to be the, the product of uh, a man and a woman and a man who is demon possessed coming together with a woman. That makes more sense to me of how that works. But regardless, here's the issue. The devil was trying to pollute the race. Because if he can pollute the race, then the promise can't come. Then Messiah can't come. And so the devil is hard at work. Now there's an interesting passage in 1 Peter chapter three. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Now watch this. In which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. 
What's he talking about? The spirits now in prison. Anytime the Bible refers to spirits, it's not referring to men. It's referring to angelic beings. Demons are part of the angelic realm. It says, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during which the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. See, people have read that and they scratch their head and they say, what is he talking about? This is what I think. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, would you show me what this is talking about? And I feel like God answered my prayer just this morning and gave me insight that I had never had before. Because I was thinking, why would Jesus, why would you go and go to the prison after you rose from the dead and make proclamation to those angels who were disobedient during the days of Noah, who went after strange flesh. The Bible says that God took those demons, not all of the demons, but he took those specific ones and he put them in bonds. Second Peter chapter two, verse four, Jude chapter one speaks of that too, that he put them in bonds. He put them in a special prison. And then he rises from the dead and then he goes to that prison and he makes proclamation to those spirits now in prison. And I said, Lord, why would you do that? That doesn't make sense to me. What's up with that? And then it just dawned on me. What was the devil trying to do? He was trying to thwart the promises of God. If I can pollute the race, then the Messiah can't come. But here's the thing. Okay, the flood comes. Only eight people are saved out of the seven billion people. Only eight. The devil thinks that he has the Lord right where he wants him. He is polluting the whole race, but God always has a remnant. And God saved Noah, and from Noah, the Savior came. And I think when Jesus came up out of the grave, he went to those spirits now in prison, those angels who left their proper abode and mixed with those men and mixed with those women to try and pollute the race. And he said, in your face, Jack. You thought you could thwart the promises of God. You cannot thwart the promises of God. As Pastor Jeff Shreve has taught so far, the Bible says, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. In Noah's day, Sexual immorality was rampant before the flood came. The people didn't care what God said. They were clueless that a righteous and catastrophic judgment was coming their way. Listen, if you've read a newspaper or watched TV 20 years ago and then watched it today, you know we're getting closer and closer to duplicating those days. How close are we? Pastor Jeff explains the similarities and sounds the alarm again of God's warning to a world deaf to the call of repentance in a powerful seven-message series that we're in called The Days of Noah. This is an important and timely series, so we're making it our thank you gift for your support to From His Heart this month of any amount. And with that gift, we'll also send you Pastor Jeff's timely booklet, Strong Faith for Tough Times, When the Impossible Meets God. To get The Days of Noah on CD, DVD, USB flash drive, or digital download, and the booklet, Strong Faith for Tough Times, call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or simply go online to fromhisheart.org to make your donation. And thank you for standing with us side by side to tell the world a message that matters, a message that we must turn to God now 
and we need to heed the warning from the days of Noah. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Larry Nobles. Thank you for joining us on From His Heart, and we trust that you'll be here tomorrow for part two of the lesson, A World Gone Wicked, from the series, The Days of Noah. Join us on Thursday, when Pastor Jeff Shreve will again open God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from God's heart, here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.